Hey, everybody, know thy enemy. We are back. It is me. I am your host. Fortunately for some, unfortunately for others, I am Trey Roland. But fortunately for everyone, I am here with the knowledge man, dangerous Dane Draper. Dane, how you feeling? We don't have to rehash it too much. Florida State, guts ripped out. Absolutely brutal, ritualistic killing sacrifice in Raleigh, North Carolina. Talk about it for maybe two seconds more before we move on, because I'm over it. (laughs) I'm over it too, Trey. Definitely. Um, No, I'm doing great, Trey. I hope you're doing well, too. Um, FSU's got to respond. That's obviously a really tough loss that they just had, but they're about to play a team that's even better, so... And kind of built similarly, similarly to NC State, like their strengths and weaknesses, stuff like that. So we'll see how they do. Well, they do have a huge opportunity to bounce back. They're playing the top five Clemson Tigers at home, Dope Campbell Stadium. It's a night game. It's a massive recruiting weekend. There's going to be a ton of recruits there, tons of fans. This one feels... I don't know if I want to say like the Clemson FSU games of old, but man, it's about as close as it's been in a really long time. And like you said, Dane, like the Clemson Florida state games of old Clemson is stacked. I mean, just to kind of introduce, just to kind of introduce some statistics about them. They have a, they have a, they have an awesome defense. And of course that's anchored by a very stellar talented defensive line, extremely stingy against the run. Clemson is second in the nation in rushing defense. They're just allowing about just a shade under 64 yards a game. Only two of their opponents got over 100 rushing yards against them. One was Wake Forest, which makes sense. The other was Furman. Interesting. A little bit more susceptible through the air. They allowed 256 passing yards a game, 95th in the nation. That's not a really big surprise when you, I guess, when you look at that that performance that they had against Wake Forest. That was just all like an aerial onslaught. Um, they cause a ton of havoc, which makes a, a, a lot of sense with that defensive line. They're seventh in the nation, eight tackles for loss per game, which is absolutely gaudy. And then they're averaging about two and a half sacks a game, uh, which if you guys go to Kevin Little's, if you go to Kevin Little's, a more schematic based uh, film preview. It's interesting what Clemson does because they're extremely talented on along the front seven, but they also blitz a lot. You, you think they'd want to help out their cornerbacks a little bit, but no, they just they really want to just cause havoc, and they do, which all leads to the Clemson defense allowing just eighteen point three points per game against them. That is twenty six in the nation, and only one opponent, the aforementioned Wake Forest Demon Deeks, have scored more than three touchdowns against them. Dane, we're going to get into the specifics. We're going to talk about the personnel, but just give me your thoughts overall on that Clemson defense. It's gross. It is gross. I think that's a really good way to put it. (laughs) Um, They've been super good, obviously, especially up front. I mean, their front seven's just absurd. And they have, uh, like, their five superstar guys between uh, K.J. Henry, Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis, and Xavier Thomas. They have all five of those guys back for the first time all year. So they're probably, I mean, they should be the best they've been all year there, which is really just terrifying, honestly. I mean, there's there's nowhere more, like, impactful on this team than, than right there. I think that, that unit's the best in the country, which is scary. 
Everybody, of course, everybody before they play Florida State, they do the hyperbaric like uh, chamber dunk and the deer antler spray. Like everybody is always 100% healthy right before they play us, no matter what the situation, always feeling great right before they come to Tallahassee because as everyone knows listening, FSU can't catch a break. Well, we thought we might have been able to catch a break with the Clemson Tiger offense, but it seems that DJ Uyangalele has uh, – He's shaking off a lot of the suckage that really kind of followed him around last year. He's, he's rounding out and having a, a, a pretty nice year. Their offense is pretty balanced. Uh, not, not really explosive. Not one of the more elite offenses in the country. But with the defense that they have, it's been more than enough to give them to an undefeated record. They're averaging about 425 yards per game. That's 55th in the nation. So, not like I said, not great. 170 yards per game, 54th in the nation rushing. 255 yards per game, 56th in the nation passing, just really, really right in the middle. However, what is interesting is they don't have a lot of turnovers. They, they don't really turn the ball over at all. So while they're anchored by a really good defense, it's a Clemson offense that is good enough and actually getting better as the years, as, as, as the weeks progress. Dane, what have you seen from the Clemson offense? And I think once you're done talking about that, we'll talk about the players uh, individually. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, it's definitely worth noting that they haven't turned the ball over much. And like you said, they aren't a super explosive offense, but they are still a pretty good offense because they're they're quite efficient. Um, they're a little bit better on the ground uh, efficiency wise. Um, I think they're 21st in the country. Yeah, yeah. 21st nationally in rushing success rate, but not very oh, wow. explosive. Um, 21st nationally in avoided tackles on rushes like uh, that, that's mostly will shipley being really really good that's the running back that we'll talk about but um just a, a balanced attack like you said dj has been a lot better i mean we'll get more into him but he's a former five-star recruit he's playing more like how he was expected to coming in and again like you said he's getting better as the weeks go on as we progress through the season um, by the way, 21st nationally in avoided tackles on rushes. FSU, fun fact, is fourth. I like that. How stat. about that? How about that? Yeah, I'd like to see what our rushing tackles. success rate is. It's not this. I, I bet a lot of Clemson missed tackles are after the line of scrimmage. We're dodging people in the hole. But wow. once again, Dane, I did not know that. And I'm sure the listeners didn't know that either. So like you said, it's not it's, – it's highly efficient. It's RPO heavy. They run the quarterback a lot. It's not overly complicated. But it doesn't have to be. And I don't know if DJ was kind of crushed under the weight of, you know, trying to be the next generational quarterback at Clemson when he's surrounded by Shipley and the receivers and a veteran offensive line. He didn't have to be. He just needed to put the ball in the right place. And I think he's realizing that now and their team is better for it. So let's talk about let's talk about the players specifically. And we'll start with the quarterback, DJ Uyunglele. Six foot four, 235 pounds. He's a junior, believe it or not, which I didn't realize. He's about, uh, what, 122 for 191. About 64%. Yeah, I did. Hold up, Dane. I'm trying to make people think I did that in my head. I haven't written that, obviously. Um, (laughs) We both did in our head, Trey. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. It's two beautiful minds here talking football. (laughs) 1,462 passing yards, which is actually second in the entire conference. 14 touchdowns, just two picks. Um, and he's also, he's also, uh, they run him quite a bit. 4.6 uh, rushing yards per carry, 311 rushing yards on the season. He's a dangerous quarterback, Dane. What do you make of him? It's, 
is he fully rounded into form or is there still some of that old DJ from last year missing throws creeping around that FSU can take advantage of? I mean, he's definitely gotten better as the year progressed. He did. I saw a pretty ugly pick against against BC last week, but um, mm. I mean, he's not a perfect quarterback. No one is, I guess. But um, but no, he's a good quarterback. He's a good player. He's former five star recruit. His ceiling is exceptionally high. They're using him more as a runner now. He's really he's really kind of the full package, ideally. Um, but you put pressure in his face, and he he changes a little, or maybe he does. Um, I mean, he on the season he's the highest graded uh on pff he's their highest graded player on offense a grade of 85.9 that's really really good so for the entire season 85.9 yes. wow yeah. okay I mean, that's that is, really good that's yeah. exceptional absolutely so we'll see what dj comes to play but i think he's been he's been as consistent as he ever has in his career at clemson so far leading up to this game of course can you can you can you see a difference? Do you think it's mechanics? So I mean, what 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 failed him the most in the past? Was it just the accuracy? Was he trying to do too much? What do you, what do you think has changed? It's it's probably just like confidence and comfortability and mm-hmm. and what he's being asked to do and himself. And I think that just re- results in a lot of inconsistency. He still had flashes last year. He still will have a throw that really wows you against Florida State. He had a few of those last year. But um, I think that's just becoming more consistent. They do throw the ball downfield a good bit, but like you said, it's a lot of RPO stuff. It's not super complicated. And um, and when they're running the ball with a really good player like Will Shipley, it probably makes it easier for you too. And they're pretty successful on those rushes a lot of the time. It's crazy. And like Kevin said, like I said, I implore you guys to watch the video, but their offense, they do like three or four things. It's our, They do an RPO screen. They're, they're handed off. They'll run the ball with DJ, or they're throwing verticals. So this is a game where Florida State secondary really has to be locked in because, of course, Clemson's wide receiver unit is loaded. Why wouldn't they be? It's been every year since I was born. Do you want to talk about the wide receivers next, the offensive line, or the running backs? I, I'm dealer's choice. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> we can we can go to wide receivers. I want to mention on DJ another thing, though, is like we're talking about with the RPO stuff. He is much more efficient. He's very efficient in general, but he's much more efficient in the middle of the field than anywhere else. Um, So, yeah, I think that just kind of goes to him being maybe not so – maybe not as dynamic as the the stats look. Sure. That sort of thing. But, yeah, let's go to wide receivers. Well, they're talented, and hopefully we can get a read on them. And having – Having Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach in the middle, two two guys that are really good at coverage, it should help out. But it, it's a tough task. Who, wide receivers, like I said, there's a bajillion guys. Who are the ones that stick out to you first? Um, the uh, the leading receiver in yardage for them and touchdowns. He has five touchdowns on the year. Is Bo Collins, six three, two ten, big body guy, um, second year guy too. Just a, a big play, like jump ball threat or big like deep threat guy, jump ball guy, um, a big playmaker for them. He's someone that FSU has to worry about getting those red zone opportunities with five touchdowns. Last year he was pretty productive at 400 yards, um, but he's really taken that more of a – taken more of an outside, like primary outside role now. Him and Joseph Nagata or Ngata, um, both of them are like the primary outside guys. Ngata's another big physical body, um, really highly rated recruit. He was like a – 
like 60th or 50th nationally in his class. Yeah. Um, yeah, six, three two fifteen. <laughs> he runs really fast. I mean, he's, he's kind of a freak athletically came in with a lot of expectation and, um, he struggled to find consistently consistency last year. Definitely. But, um, but he's still in that primary role for them. Uh, definitely has the tools to be, to be special though. So he's definitely someone worth noting him and Collins are going to be, are going to be difficult to stop together, I think, as as deep threats. And then Antonio Williams um, in the slot. He uh, the un- slot guy. Clemson always <laughs> with the slot guy. Is this one? Yeah. Is not that good. No. Well, okay. The thing is, so last year Clemson didn't really have that slot guy, and they were so bad through the air. I mean, yeah, DJ was pretty bad too, but they kind of had a bunch of tall deep threat guys like uh, Joseph Ngata and uh, EJ Williams and. These other guys, the guys I transferred right. out, Ojo, Ojo, you know, these guys. Um, and they get Antonio Williams as a high, high four-star true freshman this year, and he's leading the team in receptions, and he looks like he's he might be the most talented guy in that room. Fantastic. Already. And th- I'm guessing he doesn't look like an enterprise, like, assistant manager <laughs> or like a, ta- a 28-year-old tax accountant. Right. No, he actually doesn't. Um, yeah. And those guys murdered us anyway. So I can't yeah. wait to get introduced to Mr. Williams. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I did compare him in my notes to, to Renfro and Adam Humphreys though in the past, which is funny that you say that. And Amari Rogers is another guy, but anyway, yeah. Um, it's always I, tight ends against Miami and it's always slot guys <laughs> against Clemson, man. Yeah. I, get, I get nightmares every time. Yeah, and I worry about FSU's matchup there too with like Kevin Knowles, who hasn't been the most consistent either. Like Antonio Williams might might kind of break out against him more so than he already has. Uh, another guy's Adam Randall. He's another true freshman uh, with a ton of talent. Him and him and Williams are probably the two most talented in that room. Uh, yeah. I talked to someone that's really knowledgeable of the team, and that's what they thought. Um, he's he's six two two thirty. And ran a ten nine four hundred meter as a junior in high school, like he's just a oh freaky my. athlete. Oh my, that's a big boy. Yeah, he only has three catches on the year so far, but he's definitely like the breakout candidate, uh, someone that can see their role grow as the season progresses. And um, yeah, they don't have too much else in the room that's worth noting. EJ Williams, he, he was another like high four star recruit um, last year. He was just one, another one of those tall guys that couldn't catch the ball all that well um mm-hmm. this year too he has the lowest success rate when targeted in that wide receiver room but he's still a really talented player so i think he's worth noting it's a six three like 200 pound kid i don't have his highway listed up or that's okay at, me, at least they're fi- at least yeah. their fifth receiver's not that great so that's that's kind yeah of thing. um yeah <laughs> offensive line or shipley shipley is the one before you inform me of this antonio williams cat uh, Shipley is the guy that I uh, the, that concerns me the most on the entire Clemson offense. So do you want to talk about Will, the running back, or do you want to talk about their offensive line? I, th- I think their offensive line, I think, of course, they – I think that they returned every starter from last year. Like, their their entire unit has played together the whole year, which That's that right. must be yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. All five of their starters have played together every year. I think That's or, what it was. Um, okay. every, every game this year. I think Will Shipley's the most talented guy probably on the offense, though. Like – the ceiling of DJ DJU is pretty exceptional. He's the 10th rated recruit in his class, but, um, but Will Shipley was a five-star too. And he's really the complete package. He's a, a strong 205 pounds, runs really well, breaks tackles really well. Like we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, he's, 
he he makes that he makes their rushing statistics a lot better. I think he has five point nine yards per carry and eight touchdowns in the year. Um, Phil Moffa is the other guy in that room, and he has more like four yards per carry. Um, so I think I think Will Shipley's just an exceptional back, and he's uh, he's probably the guy you got to look out for most when FSU plays them because of the of the woes you've had recently stopping the run. Yeah, and he's also pretty complete too. Like a threat out Definitely. of the backfield, he averages 100 all-purpose yards per game. That's fifth in the ACC in that category. This is a guy, especially if DJ likes to go over the middle. If Clemson does decide to get creative and kind of you know add in some more wrinkles instead of all the vanilla stuff that they like to do, there's going to be a lot of space over the middle for Antonio Williams and Will Shipley coming out of the backfield. To Florida State's linebacker unit is much improved from last year, but even even with a better unit, that's such a tough ask for anybody. So what do you think that Florida State, like what, what do you think that they should focus on to shut down this offense when we move over to Clemson's defense, which is, uh, I can't wait to talk about them. But what, what do you think that Florida State should do to maybe kind of limit limit the damage from Clemson's pretty good offense before facing their elite defense? Yeah, I mean, Clemson has some big wide receivers. But you got to start. Uh, they have some big wide receivers, and they also have two really solid tight ends, by the way. But um, but you got to figure out a way to stop that run because that's going to make everything so much harder for them. And right. stopping the run has been the issue for Florida State um, since Fabian Lovett has gone down, really. And uh, yeah, I think that has to be the focus first and foremost. And also, uh, speaking of Clemson's offensive line, they struggle most. Um, on the interior of their offensive line in run blocking, um, which definitely favors FSU because that's FSU's weakness in the run stopping game. Um, is that the defensive tackles, right? And the health there. So that's worth noting. I think their tackles are probably the best. Uh, Clemson's tackles are probably the best offensive lineman they have. Uh, Jordan yeah. McFadden is definitely the best offensive lineman they have. He, grades really well as a run and pass blocker in PFF. He's only 6'2", I think it's kind of interesting, at left tackle, but he's yeah. he's super good. He grades better as a pass blocker, um, but he but the team is most efficient running behind him and on that left side of the line uh, as well on the season. That's so an interesting statistic. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. It really stands out. I was looking at efficiency charts and stuff like that and, and running behind him and then running – behind the tight end on the left side as well, whatever gap that is. I don't know. That's probably Davis Allen's role. He's their starting tight end, one of their starting tight ends. Um, but right, they're far more efficient at running to the left side. Okay, left side C gap. Keep keep an eye off that off-tackle stuff. How will Adam Fuller go? Because we need to stop the run. Will Shipley's talented. Do you roll an extra safety into the box to help out with run support? then you're in trouble because Florida State's like to play two bets the entire year to stop the pass. So I can't wait to see what Adam Fuller comes up with because the one thing that Florida, that Clemson's offense has going against it, they are extremely talented, but they're very predictable. So if you can make them even more predictable, force obvious situations on those RPOs, whichever one you want it to be, whether you want it to be pass or, or give, uh, just, just make it, just give your defense the advantage every way you can by making – you know, making it easy to know where Clemson's going to go with the ball. But uh, I'm glad I'm not Adam Fuller. I wish I had the paycheck, but uh, I'm glad I'm not him this week. Tough task. Let's get on to Clemson's defense. Just talk about the line. I don't know which one of these kids you want to talk about first. They're all fantastic. They've all played well. 
and the people that were uh, injured are coming back healthy. So Clemson's defensive line, it's a wrecking crew. Dane, you, I'm, this is bad hosting, but you start wherever you want, man. I'm, I'm hey. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so like you said, some of these guys have missed time. Xavier Thomas being one of them. He was the number three rated player in his class, um, like third overall player in his class coming out. Just all of these guys, outside of Tyler Davis, who was also a high four-star recruit, um, all four of these guys, Brian Brzee, KJ Henry, Xavier Thomas, Miles Murphy, probably uh, that – well, three of those are ends, but anyway, all of those guys were top ten players in their classes, um, Overall? like like high five stars, yeah, oh, uh, exceptionally good okay. players. Brian Brian Brzee is probably the best among them. He was the number one player in the country a couple of years ago. Um, just an absolute beast. He's missed some time. Um, uh, Xavier Thomas has missed the entire year up to this point. Um, he played six snaps last game and had two sacks on those six snaps. And the quarterback <laughs> pressure as well. Yeah, I'm laughing because it's so absurd. Every like they're they're all back healthy. I don't know what sort of blood ritual that Wuhan Dabo had, like he, he's like he's he's perfected before the Florida State game, but it's absolute witchcraft. I want the ACC to look into blood rituals and sacrifices at the Wuhan Dabo coaching facility because they shouldn't all be healthy, man. We get so dinged up in the trenches. And they're fine. And when they're not dinged up, they totally get miraculously healthy right before they play us. I'm frustrated. I'm glad I've got you as a calm, stoic foil. I'll, out of those guys you mentioned, who who concerns you the most? Is it Brissy because of the talent? Or is it somebody else like a KJ Henry? Am I, w- which one of those guys should Florida State be most concerned about come Saturday? Um, I think that's a really great question, Trey. I think I think KJ Henry's probably the best pass rusher out of them, like just true pass rusher. Miles Murphy might also be at the other end spot. He's a 275 pound defensive end who is exceptional at pass rushing. I mean, I've seen I've seen KJ Henry, Brian Bazee, and Miles Murphy all like mock draft, uh, mocked inside the top ten of the upcoming draft. Like these guys are all just ridiculous. Um, but if there's any, if there's one, I think it's Brian Bazee. I think, um, I think not uh, not allowing him to immediately penetrate the offensive line is going to be a real challenge um, with what you have in the interior. Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, it's I, tough, right? And they so don't—they're stingy against the run. They also blitz, so the havoc rate's going to be the havoc rate's going to be out of control. So they're going to have to hit explosive plays. You're going to have to do a lot of window dressing at the line of scrimmage. I think Mike Norvell is going to have to expand the playbook this week. And I think he knows that he has to, like you're forced to, it's not even, it's not even a a, a want. It's a need. You have to find some way to keep this unit guessing. Maybe you can take advantage of the penetration and their, and their aggressiveness and work your screen game, work a diverse set of screens. Cause that is something where I could see them being vulnerable to it. But they're not going to be vulnerable to much, so it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding. So we're talking about the defensive line enough to where I'm physically sick to my stomach. What about the linebackers? Uh, what what do you make of this group? Uh, yeah, also really good. I don't know if they're as good as um I don't know if they're as good as NC State's linebackers, but I think this unit and the Clemson unit and the NC State unit is probably the best in the ACC, like undoubtedly the top sure. two. Um, I, that's led by Trenton Simpson preseason. He was looked at as a guy who might be the best linebacker in the country. Um, really the full package, just as far as an athlete, he was a five-star recruit 
just does everything really well. Um, he's kind of like he reminds me of Peyton Wilson, just as as just as a freak, I guess. Like he does mm-hmm. everything pretty well. Um, being six three, two forty, and being able to move like he can is is pretty special. Like he doesn't look two hundred and forty pounds. He looks like uh, he could play safety if he wanted, but he is he's just so strong that he somehow packs two hundred forty pounds of muscle on there on his right. body. Um. Uh, other guys, there's Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter, both guys that were also five-star recruits. Um, and but they're younger. Trent Simpson's a junior. These guys are second-year players. Um, though Carter and Trotter both grade the highest this year from PFF uh, as Clemson linebackers, the highest graded Clemson linebackers at seventy-nine point six. Um, also a really high grade, really respectable there. These guys are all just really versatile athletes that can that can do a lot of things and that Clemson defense asked them to do, to do a lot of things. So yeah, they're, they're a really good unit too. Yeah. Carter particularly, I mean, 29 tackles on the team, 26 solo, three and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, six quarterback pressures and four PBUs. And that's not even the guy that you spoke about first, Dane. Like it's a very, Mm -hmm. it's a athletic unit. It's of course, as talented Clemson has been recruiting like crazy for the past, like five, 10 years. So that's not a surprise. I think if you're going to take advantage of Clemson, it's not the front seven. It's the secondary, which their, their defensive coordinator, at least from my understanding from Kevin's video, is more aggressive than I, I – I don't, I don't know why he thinks that his defensive line needs help. It really doesn't. But it, it, it wreaks havoc. It speeds the clock up on opposing offenses. However, it does leave them susceptible to plays through the air, and I think that is the weakness of this Clemson defense as – completely highlighted by Wake Forest, which we know from experience has a great offense, but man, did they smack Clemson around way more than they smacked us around with the type of athletes and the type of front seven that they have. So I think that that is promising. Talk about the Clemson secondary. Are they getting better? And why have teams like Wake Forest been able to take advantage of them while under extreme duress from the front seven? Yeah. I mean, it, Wake is so special in their wide receiver room. Uh, that that has that's been, fair. That is fair. That played a big role in that game. But also, they've had some injuries in the secondary. They are getting maybe everyone back for our game. You've got to be kidding me! Even <laughs> them, even yeah. the secondary. Yeah, there's one guy who's like really questionable, and he's he's an important guy. He's um, starting cornerback Sheridan Jones. He's no clue if he's going to play or not, but that's at least a question. He's the most experienced guy. Um, I'm sure he'll be fine. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Andrew Makuba is, is probably the best guy in that secondary. He's really a special athlete. He's looked at as one of the better safeties in the country. Maybe um, just super versatile. He has quarterback flexibilities. He's on the depth chart. He's listed as the backup quarterback at each spot, even though he's a starting free safety. Um, oh, wow. But he's, he's missed a couple games, but he's healthy. Um, yeah, um, like I said, Sheridan Jones, he's he could be out. Um, if he is out, I could see Makuba sliding down and playing a cornerback spot there. If he doesn't, then you probably see either um, either Toriana Pride or Fred Davis in there. And Fred Davis was a guy I think that played a bunch in that Wake Forest game. He before the season, he was looked at as, as a starter, or a guy who's heavily in that cornerback rotation, um, right? And he's been like benched basically. 
Um, and I think a lot of that came from that Wake Forest game. Toriano Pride is a really highly rated recruit, but he's a true freshman. He also got torched in that Wake game. So if he's in the field, maybe that's a guy you look to target. Um, just being someone with with such little experience. Nate Wiggins is the opposite starting corner to Sheridan Jones normally. Nate Wiggins has a has a really high ceiling. He's a second year guy too, though, so not a ton of experience there. Very young in the secondary, and, and they obviously we know with a with a youthful team like Florida State's had the past couple of years. Even if the talent is there, the progression is so inconsistent. It's very hard to build upon. There's peaks and valleys. Hopefully, there's a valley in Tallahassee. That would be nice. <laughs> but I think with guys like Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, uh, all of uh, maybe maybe Pokey, maybe Kentron Portier, maybe Darren Williamson. Well, I don't, I don't know what his health status is. But it, it, think of the cavalcade of guys that have had you know the the rotating cast of the best receiver of each game that Florida State's had this season. Florida State is not as talented in the wide receiver room compared to Clemson's DB room. But I would argue that they've been much better on the season and they've been very productive. And I think that that is a matchup where Florida State can take advantage, provided that Jordan Travis is not dead by the second quarter. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. <laughs> right, definitely. don't die, Jordan, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Um, yeah, definitely talented guys in that secondary. I mean, everyone there is, like, high to mid four-star guys pretty much um, outside of literally one guy that's Jalen Phillips. He's the other starting safety to Makuba. Um, he's like a high three-star. He's like 448 nationally in the class, but it literally, I don't know. This defense is just so talented. Um, it's really hard to move the ball, but absolutely you're right. If you're going to do it, it's in all likelihood going to be through the air. And that's where FSU can do it uh, in all likelihood. you you're pretty good through the air this year. Jordan Travis has to have a great game. Wide receivers need to have a great game, far better than they did against NC State. And and you can have a chance. So, yeah. I I will be looking to see how Clemson plays this game. It's in their nature to be aggressive, but we've seen some teams have success against Florida State's offense recently by daring us to run. Six in the box, seven in the box, dropping five, dropping six, and beating Florida State up front with just their front six or front seven. And against lesser talented, lesser talented defenses, they've been able to do that against Florida State's offensive line. So will Clemson play more conservative, opt to beat Florida State with the defensive line, or will they continue to just wreak the havoc like they have been all year and said, beat us consistently with explosives through the air? We don't think you can. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, that's the name of the game to me. That's mm. the name of the game. How Clemson chooses to play it and how Florida State chooses to attack it. Will they expand the playbook? What are they going to do? Dane, you want to do anything else you want to add before we get to predictions? And this will be good for you to vamp for a little bit because you know you do this <laughs> at the end of every episode and you're never ready. So go ahead, fill some time, say some nonsense, and then get your prediction ready. But what do uh, you want to add before we get to predictions? Um, not a whole lot. No, I, you just you got to be able to pass the ball to win the game <laughs> to win this game. Yes, because you're not going to be able to run the ball. And, and like you're saying, whether they play conservative or, or more aggressive, I think they probably should play more conservative because there's just I just don't see a way that FSU's offensive line is going to be able to really block them effectively. Um, but hey, Jordan Travis, if there's any quarterback that can really make something happen on his own, it probably is Jordan Travis. So I'm not totally 
pessimistic about this game. FSU has a chance to win. Um, I just think it's less of a chance that you had against NC State. And in Clemson, unfortunately, is far uh, far healthier than you are right now, which stinks. Um, it is at home. That should play into things. It's a massive recruiting weekend, like you mentioned Huge earlier, Trey. It's, it's being treated as if it is a, a real FSU-Clemson old-school showdown, right, of the past yep. decade. So and we'll see what tra- happens. Traditionally, during these types of weekends, when Mike pushes the chips on for recruiting, not too many stinkers. And when the team, yep. when, when the pressure is off, when the expectations are lowered, whatever, the team comes out playing loose. So I, obviously Florida State has the lowest chance to win this game out of any they played all season. But the team is good enough to where it's not infinitesimal. It's just the margin for errors are, are slim. But there's there's multiple paths to victory with the personnel that they have at quarterback and on the outside, in my opinion. Dane, nobody cares about my opinion. I'm just the host. They want to hear yours. What's your score prediction? <laughs> I'm going to go. I thought about it a little bit because you reminded me before we started recording. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 27-21 Clemson. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um Clemson still has a good kicker. They have BT Potter still. He's back for like his ninth year there or something. He's one of those guys for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my prediction. Six-point loss. <laughs> I am standing at five and one on predictions. So I'm I'm better, much better than what I thought. And all the metrics say that Florida State is going to lose, and they're going to lose by seven to ten. All this stuff, and we went through that. We went through the recording, and it's hard to argue against that. Except that this is college football. Every now and then, there is a game where you scratch your head and goes, "How did that happen?" And if they played each other ten times, would that result happen more than once? No. But it's just that one time. So your fearless host, Trey Rowland, putting his sterling 5-1 and one prediction record on the line is going to say that Florida State wins this game due to offensive creativity and some finally some balls that bounce our way. Florida State will win this game 26. It's even going to be a weird score. 26-24. <laughs> to 24. State wins, win of the Mike Novell era, huge recruiting win, and the roof blows off of Doak, which is great uh, because it didn't exist there in the first place. But it's a metaphorical <laughs> roof, and it's blown off, and it's on fire, Dane. The Knowles win. The Knowles win. I'm a genius. You're an idiot. You have to be the host after the bye week. The Rolls are host, <laughs> brother. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do Boom. it. God, I hope it happens. I'm almost already regretting it, but the pick is set in stone, boys. You have me excited, Trey. You have me excited. Well, I hope you're excited, too. As always, we're going to be with you here every week. I hope the next time we're talking, it's after a Florida State victory. But this was Knowles 24-7 presents Beyond the Bench. Noel Thy Enemy, of course, the most succinct podcast title of all time. <laughs> I am Trey Roland. I am here with the person who will probably be right, Dane Draper. And thank you so much for listening. Tell everybody about us and keep shopping on, guys. Have a good one.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.